Hello and welcome back to Backpedal, the podcast where we talk any and everything flowers. I'm Kelly. Uh, this is episode three. Apologies about my voice. I went to a loud rock concert and lost my voice and then proceeded to get sick. So this is the best it's been in a while. So today's episode, I won't be having an interview, but I wanted to kind of talk about a history of something within the floral world that I've always found so intriguing since I got in here. It's about the history of big online flower companies serving as middleman brokers between consumers and small business flower shop owners and how that how they proceeded to put a lot of shops out of business and then these three saving grace heroes who have this really cool story of how they got into the flower industry and developed this entirely new market for ordering flowers online that actually helped and was fair and benefited small business flower shop owners. So we'll get into that today, which I'm really excited to dive into. But first, I want to just share some flower fun facts uh, because I've been talking about wanting to share flower facts a lot and I've only been given a few each episode. So something I recently learned about, which is probably not that crazy of a fun fact, for some people but for me I didn't really know this I didn't know that there are such things as anniversary flowers which means of course you get flowers on your anniversary but each year technically has its own flower associated with it and I was going to go through some of them that I found interesting so for a first anniversary uh, the most common or I guess the anniversary flower is a carnation it's traditional it's the traditional flower for a first year because they've always been associated with young passionate love which is funny they're which is funny to me because they're also some of the cheapest flowers at my shop they're a dollar a stem but they're so symbolic and holding so much weight of young blossoming love immediate long lasting third anniversary is the sunflower uh which nothing's better than a sunflower, in my opinion. They're just so bright and cheery. The second anniversary is Cosmos. I went one, three, two there. Don't really know why, but I'm just looking at a long list and the yellow popped in my eye. The Cosmos, it says here, is when you put aside a simple understanding of love and you replace it with something more complex. An understanding and a cosmo it's actually a flower i haven't really seen in our shop ever or seen in person ever i don't think it's really beautiful i'm gonna start putting a gallery of images of kinds of flowers and arrangements and things like that up on the website it's maybe something to like look at while we go through all these things but let's see fourth anniversary is geranium geranium is my boss's favorite flower. Or she says she doesn't have a favorite flower, but she talks about geranium a lot. Freesia, Freesia in the house, that's seventh anniversary. Ninth anniversary is bird of paradise. I think the bird of paradise is the absolute craziest flower. The fact that that just like naturally forms on its own makes no sense. And I don't think we like acknowledge it enough that that just happens. But that bird of paradise is for the ninth anniversary, and it says, 
equal parts exotic and sophisticated. It represents the glamorous qualities of marriage, and it points towards the many adventures still to come. That's what's so crazy about the this idea to me of the anniversary flowers. I know it kind of just seems like I'm listing flowers, but the fact that symbolically throughout years and years in the past, every individual flower holds some symbolic, metaphorical meaning to it, which like humans placed on it, you know, which is funny, like these flowers weren't created, grown, whatever happened, which also that's another fun fun flower fact to drop it in here, something I learned today, um, is that flowers have only been around for newfound fossils hint that flowering plants are as 100 million years earlier than scientists previously thought suggesting that they may have existed when the first known dinosaurs roamed the earth. But the most common answer for how long flowers have been around is 130 million years ago. According to National Geographic, uh, during the Cretaceous period, hmm, which is relatively recent in geologic time. Wow, wow. So I'm fully reading this from National Geographic. I am not this clever. Or smart, but it says, if all Earth's history were compressed into an hour, flowering plants would exist for only the last 90 seconds. Which is crazy. I think I truly always thought that they were just always around, but I guess not. The very first flower that was ever discovered was an aquatic plant called Monsechia vidali. It was found in Spain in 2015, which is where they at least discovered it. But some came, it is still believed that some flowering plants appeared earlier than this, but this is so far the oldest one discovered. Wow. In Spain in 2015, a 130 million year old plant was discovered. I can't imagine. Back to the anniversary flowers. Peonies are 12th anniversary. Don't get me started on peonies, you guys. But I will. Everybody always is talking about peonies. They are very beautiful. I'm not denying their beauty. But we don't carry them and shop on a regular basis because we have to, like, get them requested in so we can get them a few days in advance. But most flower shops don't just have them on hand because they're so expensive. They're one of the, like, more expensive flowers. And they die so quickly. When there's so many more cool... They're just, like, the... To me, they're, like, the popular kids in high school peonies so i do this thing where i like personify a lot of the flowers at work and my boss makes fun of me for it but it's hard not to and you spend so much time around them but like peonies are the popular kids i think like orchids are like the bullies because if you remember in alice in wonderland they're the mean ones because they have this petal that comes out that looks like a mouth and they just kind of look threatening like they're telling you to shut up for some reason but they're so beautiful but it is funny that in a children's cartoon flowers have these specific personalities attached with them it's interesting it's like did they come ingrained in the flower or is that just kind of our project us projecting our own reaction towards these flowers into their meaning I don't know. 15th anniversary is roses, guys. So hold off on roses too soon. There's so many more interesting flowers than roses. A rose is definitely still beautiful. I think they can be used for purposeful occasions. But 
there's so many cooler combinations i feel like of flowers you could get to express your love but also sometimes i'm I'm speaking mainly like traditional just like either red roses pink roses or something there's some colors of roses that are so unique and like make them feel not like a very common flower we get our roses every monday wednesday friday and we never know what colors we're gonna get it's always a surprise it's always like a really fun like open the box what are we gonna get this week and that's always a fun little game, but I think going for the colorful flowers is beautiful, is a lot more exciting. Ooh, 25th anniversary is Iris. Iris is really cool. Sophisticated. It's kind of sad. There's a part of me that's like going through this list of anniversary flowers. And the flowers kind of get more sad. They get more serious. They're like... Ah, we went through all the lovey-dovey stuff. Now we respect each other. And it's like, (laughs) we put in the work. Dang. This started making me feel so happy. Now it's kind of making me feel sad. Sorry, guys. But switch it up. You can also... Life has no rules, truly. That's my roommate's biggest mantra as of right now. Which is just, there are no rules. Which there truly are. You can follow this anniversary cheat sheet with the symbolic meanings of each flower each year, or you can switch it around and do whatever you want and get something custom. And that's the beauty of flowers and the beauty of gift giving and the beauty of love. Some of the, a fact I kind of find interesting and like symbolically beautiful is that so roses have these outside petals around them called guard petals. And a lot of times that's what makes the flowers really big. And when grocery stores are out in the wild, like they're sold or found, they are really big, but they have like thorns and they have these guard petals still on them. And that's a lot of time, a lot of the time what's perceived as the beauty of the rose is the outside of it. But what those guard petals are supposed to be doing is protecting the rose itself. Like they're it's literally ingrained within their body to have this outside shield to protect its shape and its form as it's blooming. And then when we get them in store and we're supposed to put them in arrangements, we're supposed to take the guard petals off. And some people don't want them taken off, but what's funny is like that's not what the rose is. Like the rose is what's inside of it and it gets overshadowed. Roses, I said this once, but roses are the most... Roses are the most common flowers but the most misunderstood which is at least from my perspective what i've discovered to be true with my own knowledge of roses wow several centuries ago in holland tulips were more valuable than gold oh my gosh you guys listen to this broccoli is actually a flower game over that's it that's the end of my podcast Broccoli is a flower, and there's no follow-up? Wow. I could also be reading to you guys totally false facts, and that's the power of the internet. But I swear I'm not. At least I don't think I am. Whoa! Some plants don't need soil to grow. They get all of their nutrients from the air. What? If you guys aren't mind-blown by this, I don't know what's cool to you because this isn't like real ass nature stuff you know (laughs) what 
Yeah, I get all my nutrients from the air. That okay, the equivalent is literally a human being not needing to eat food or drink water and just being like, Oh yeah, I just I just breathe once a year and then that's it and I'm good to go. That's crazy, yo. Don't at me. I'm hip. Whoa. Some plants produce toxic substances that kill other plants around them. Like the sunflower. I was just talking about how beautiful sunflowers are. I guess they kill other flowers. Goes to show you can't trust anyone anymore these days, am I right? Whoa, guys. There are things called carnivorous plants. Oh, I guess like a Venus flytrap. That makes sense. That's not as that's not as interesting as I thought. But it is kind of funny to think about plants eating animals. It's like a weird parallel universe. This one was pretty cool, I found. Like, gross, but pretty cool. The, like, smelliest kind of flower. It's called the Titan Arum, which is also known as the corpse flower. And it's called that because it smells like a rotting dead body. Whoa! The bloom is over 8 feet tall and 12 feet in circumference. They smell like rotting flesh to attract flies. Some people have passed out from the smell. That's crazy. Oh, guys, this is literally insane. The largest flower in the world is 35,000 feet tall. I can't. I'm going to freaking fire through these because there's too many. So gladiolas, uh, which are a really pretty flower. They're kind of tall and... Uh, wispy kind of a little bit they rise up to a point this says that they got their name because in ancient rome a scientist was taken aback by their resemblance to gladiator swords in battle so gladiolas this thin tall plant is actually like a warrior Ooh, man so gladiolas are now warriors in my brain that's awesome currently there are more than 270,000 kinds of flowers so wow that's what's crazy too is my boss has worked in a shop for 20 years and she still occasionally will come by flowers she's never seen or heard of before like you have to 270,000 it's impossible to know everything huh Egyptians were very passionate about the lotus flower it was considered sacred because it could lie dormant for years during droughts and then still bloom once the land became damp enough again. So people were buried a lot of time with lotuses because, and maybe in hopes they could one day come back. That's beautiful. We put so much on flowers and they literally never asked for it. They're just like, hey, I'm here. And we're like, you mean rebirth. <laughs> okay. Humans. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. The agave plant is often called the century plant because they can flourish for years without growing anything. They just exist. And then they produce one single flower and they die. Wow. What the hell? They're like bees' most defining characteristic being their stinger and then if they ever use it, they die. Damn. This stuff's intense. Whoa, there are things called moonflowers. So instead of getting their light from the sunshine to thrive, they bloom via the moonlight. Wow. 
Well, I think I'll end with the moonflowers. That's a pretty cool fun fact. And let's start getting into the history of this Bloom Nation biz. So originally, there were these big online websites like Teleflora. Uh, that's a very common one. That were created to allow for people to purchase flowers online through a website uh, and have their flowers delivered Maybe either in a different state, maybe they don't have to go out and go talk to somebody in person. And everyone initially thought this could be great, you know. And small businesses, a lot of them really needed more orders and things like that. So they agreed to be to be on the website. The website uses the same standard stock images uh, and it takes out 20% of the money from every order. So what's really kind of sad is that a statistic is that there are around 30% less florists now than there was 10 years ago. A lot of these small businesses have been put out of business because of these bigger companies who have nothing to do with the floral industry. That's what's really sad about it is these companies, they're not run by florists. They have nothing to do with flowers. They're isolated middlemen brokers who handle all the money take money out, and then screw over small business owners in the process. And this is specifically how small businesses are screwed over. What happens is, say you're on Teleflora and you see a 70, you want to pay $70 for an arrangement, uh, and you're given a picture of this big, beautiful arrangement. So you pay $70, fill out all the information, and you're set to go. Then it goes to the small business and 20% is taken out. So let me do that math here. Let's show you. So so say you're given $70 and 20% gets taken out. That's $14 taken out. Then say, here's another thing too. So when you pay that $70, you're not paying for delivery. You're just paying 70 totals and you think you're getting a $70 arrangement. Say your delivery is $10.99. So you subtract the 20% and then you subtract the delivery fee and you add in taxes, and you're basically left with about 40 to $45 for a, what somebody paid $70 for. So what happens now is all these small businesses either had to send out smaller arrangements that would lead to getting streams and streams of horrible reviews of like, a, a, kind of from a consumer perspective, you understand like I paid $70 and instead I got this like small thing that looks nothing like the picture. But from the business perspective, they either have to lose their product and put in way more flowers than what the money they were given so as to avoid a bad review or use the amount of money that they have left, send it out and get complaints. And so it really started to destroy a lot of small businesses. And there was also a lot of problems with some point-of-sale POS systems being sold around the country to small businesses under the guise that they would help them, but just took out too many taxes from all these orders, and places were just dropping like flies. But then, the story turns around, guys. There was three guys, one of them, his aunt was a florist. And his aunt was a florist, and he noticed difficulty with business and that these big online companies very much seemed unfair. Uh, 
And they they didn't have any involvement personally themselves in the floral industry, but they saw these, they could identify kind of big business evil when they saw one. And one of the guys, they're all, they're three good friends. One of them is a professional poker player. And the three of them, well, they had this idea for a company called Bloom Nation, went to a casino in Las Vegas, and I believe it was Las Vegas, probably, most casinos are in Las Vegas, they go to Las Vegas uh, for a poker tournament, and two of the guys, the, non, the non-professional the non poker players, are wireframing out the idea for this website, while they send in their friend to this comp this tournament to win and the way they got the originally got their money for the backing for this project was through this guy winning a poker tournament he was like a professional player and he wound up winning they got thirty thousand dollars they had the wireframe for the website and they set out to create this new website that would be easy for consumers to use it would give 100 percent of the money that was paid by consumers to the florist. It would allow for florists to create their own personalized websites and upload their own images, their own arrangements, their own styles. And everything seems just so beautiful about it. Our shop is actually one of the original beta testers for it, which is really exciting. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is because we've been using them since I got there. And it's just helped save the business. It's so reliable. It also allows the florist to send a bloom snap or a picture of the arrangement to the consumer before it gets sent out. And then it notifies them once once it's been delivered. And it's entirely changed the process of ordering flowers. It's something that's fair for florists. It's fair to the consumers. It's easy to use. And it's actually created with the help of people who care about the floral industry which is so beautiful. Uh, I was reading up on some interviews with them and they were saying that their biggest difficulty was actually earning back the trust of florists because they've been working with so many online companies throughout the years that have completely screwed them over that the last thing they want to do is start a new website, join this new company, something. So they said their, their biggest difficulty was just earning trust. And they seem like really kind guys who are putting the work and, and, and they're they're putting in work. They're putting in res- they're showing respect, and they're showing that they actually care about the company they're making. Uh, when when asked about their biggest challenge moving into 2019, in an article recently with uh, Society of American Florist, which wow, how do I join? The floral industry is also a little bit exclusive. I tried to join some Facebook pages and they just said no, which is not fair. And you could use more people, so I'm pissed again. But anyways, this was in the January issue of Floral Management. And when they were asked what their biggest uh, challenge was heading into 2019, they said it was the biggest challenge that the industry is also facing, which is flower shops being shut down. It's the biggest threat and... They're truly like such fighters to me. It's like the, a, just a, the most perfect example of small businesses versus big corporations. Uh, and I think what they're trying to say, and something that I, I personally agree with that understands, is they need to jump into this technological world. They need to get modern and make it, I would say for a long time, 
you know, I want to make shirts that say make flowers cool again. And I think I might one day. So stick around for that. Um, And this is me like officially copywriting that idea. I think that works. And then advice to florists out there is an industry challenge that they and solutions they wish florists would focus on is the importance of building an online brand. Uh, You can't like it's so noticeable to me now, too, when I go on to florist sites in other cities and other towns that clearly use this teleflora type website or something where it's all stock images it's 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 just not trustworthy to me because nothing's ever going to exactly look like that stock image and so their advice to florists out there was to acknowledge that how smart consumers have become and the importance of keeping designs new and updated taking your own pictures being friendly and communicative communicative with customers is all so important and something that goes a long way uh when it says a concept they wished more people in the industry would work together on or be more aware of they said it would be order gathering from marketing they basically oh this isn't a a wild thing they basically said that they want to end order gathering from marketing slash broker companies and what order gathering is is something i just learned about which is scam alerts (laughs) or scammers oh my gosh so they're called they're literally called ogs order gatherers who capitalize on orders that companies like flower shop network uh provide flower shop network is another website where you can order from either florist to florist or consumer to flower shop in a different state things like that it's just another way to order flowers online and in flower flower shop network actually does give you 100% of the money from the consumers so they're at least better than teleflora but bloom nation has now since been working on incorporating their own florist to florist function within the bloom nation website which might mean kind of i'm nervous about them becoming a bit of a monopoly and becoming a bit like turning into the enemy in which they were trying to initially fight but i think their hearts in the right place and and everything so i think we'll be okay but so the order gatherers uh what they do is they'll they offer free websites uh but free isn't really free because they once again take the money out so order gatherers like the teleflora like smaller other places that are trying to offer like oh you can use this free website we'll offer you all these services but then in reality they actually take the money out of the they take money away from the florist of what they're actually supposed to get and the bloom nation guys said that we their biggest goal and i concept is is we need to fundamentally end the concept quoting them now We should fundamentally end the concept of allowing online websites that have nothing to do with local florists to be able to collect and send orders through wire services. Their tactics and deceptive practices ruin the consumer experience and make people dislike ordering flowers online. If I could get all the florists to stop accepting these orders, I would. So something... So there are some scary websites out there that are trying to take advantage of these flower shops, but this company, Bloom Nation, I truly believe is something that could help save these small businesses 
and be fair, which is just nowadays to hear of companies who have a very kind intention is very rare and and they are of course profiting from it but they're still working on developing so many things that I don't think they're even if they do become a big company I don't think they have this big company mentality and I hope it stays that way they're with about 3,500 florists and they deliver to nearly 5,000 cities they describe it as like an Etsy type site for flowers they wanted to make ordering flowers similar to how you would order a dvd on amazon or something like that also a dvd on amazon that who am i i don't know that makes no sense like i feel like you would not be able to tell my age based off that sentence it's both like it's both like a hip 15 year old and like a divorced mother that got dark wow Sorry, guys. <laughs> Never know with me. The names of the of the creators, I realized I haven't said, and they definitely deserve their names to be said. I'm going to totally butcher them. Oops. But it's David Dansigar, Farbad Sharaka, and Greg Weistein. Wow. And it was started and two- founded in 2011. But yeah, our shop is one of their original users, which is really mind-blowing to me considering how big this is getting. When I first got to this shop and was learning how to operate this website, I was just, that was like what I was first introduced to, so I assumed that that was normal. And then slowly over time, my boss would tell me the actual history of how these small business owners were just could not stay up. They couldn't keep their heads afloat. And flowers are so important, like thinking about those anniversary flowers how much we go to them how much they mean but how little we're willing to pay properly and understand the importance of it so a way is i guess a consumer if you want to help support both small businesses uh, flower shops proper caring of flowers and everything like that is like next time don't go to the grocery store they've got enough money honestly they can They'll be fine. They've got potato chips. But find a small business near you and go in and find one. It's like finding the right therapist, you know. Maybe it'll take a few spots, but there will be one that really clicks and can help you out when you're in a pinch. So I hope you guys enjoyed learning some crazy facts that, wow, that truly blew my mind. And then also learning the history of something that most people don't talk about. You're not really going to see this on the news, but... It's truly affecting thousands of people across the country. Thank you guys so much for listening. This was really cool to just talk one-on-one with you. I'll be back more. Hope my raspy voice wasn't too distracting. It truly, for a few days, has been like, hey guys. So I feel like you don't trust me that it's raspy, but it was bad. I've been drinking lots of tea to make this work. But... Next week's episode will be even crazier. I'll be back with some interviews, some more flower facts, stories from the week. This stuff won't end, guys. Uh, Remember to trim your stems. Throwback to last episode if anyone's listening. And let's have like a moment of silence for that one flower that blooms one flower and then dies. Wow. After years. Wow, moment of silence, and then we'll just fade out. Well, this one's for you, flower. I should at least look up the name of it, huh? 
All right, guys, moment of silence. Moment of silence for the agave plant, the century plant. Flourishes for years without growing anything, then at the end of its life produces a single flower and it dies. Thank you, agave. Okay, bye. See you next week.